All right, so if you uh, are third grade and below and you want to head back to hang out with Mr. Jared, then you can do that. If you want to stay in here and your parents want you to stay in here, then you are welcome to stay in here. For the rest of us, open your Bibles. So I'm going to actually, I, I never do this. I never have multiple texts that we're going to turn to for several times, um, but for this morning we are. Uh, because there's a couple points that I think are going to be important for us this morning as we're uh, talking about the coronavirus, which I know is a bummer for some of us, uh, because some of us are sick of hearing about it. But there's important truths that we know that are helpful for, were helpful for me, and, and I think will be helpful for you as we're kind of moving forward as this whole uh, thing kind of really begins for us. It's been a thing since December for the world, but for us here, it's really just starting this week. And, uh, and so there's a couple important things that our God wants us to know and remember. But uh, there's one crisis averted, I do want you to know this, that we are not in danger of running out of toilet paper here at the church. So if you really need to go, we got you, we got you covered. Um, I'm not saying it's quality toilet paper, I'm just saying it's there. Um, but for those of us here, uh, I, wanna, I want you to start. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 with me. And this is one of my fav- This has been one of my favorite sets of verses the past uh, I don't know month or so because I've used this several times in counseling situations because there's a, a truth in here for us that I think is really important because here's the here's the first thing God wants us to remember in the coronavirus spread or pandemic one is that He calls us to pray He wants us to turn to Him so in Philippians chapter four starting in verse four it says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so here's what Paul is just telling the people in Philippi. So he's saying, hey, listen, there's, there's different things happening in your life. And so it's all based around this poem that he wrote in chapter 2. And so he's talking about our God who came for us. It's a mini gospel story in that Jesus came, he, he existed in the form of God, but he didn't account equality with God as something to be exploited. And so he took the form of a servant. And so therefore God has bestowed on him the name that is above every name. He's highly exalted him. And so in light of that truth, Paul says, I want you to live in a specific way. Because Jesus died and he came for you and then he resurrected and now he sits gloriously in heaven. I want you to be reminded about something based off of that. I don't want you to worry. I don't want you to worry. Why? Look what he says. He says, this should be your temperament, even in light of global pandemics. He says, rejoice always in the Lord. Again, I say it, rejoice. And then based out of your joy coming from God, he says, let your graciousness be known to everyone. So even in times of crisis, when, when Sam's is crowded, packed, there's no more toilet paper, and there's no more, like, snacks for your kids that you're trying to stock up on because you're going to be home for the next four months. Like, for whatever it is, like, when you're trying to do this and you're feeling in crisis mode and everyone else is feeling in crisis mode because this stuff is, like, hitting us really quickly. Like, a week ago, it was a joke. You put a joke on Facebook, and then it's not a joke anymore, and so now it's like severe, okay? It's a real deal. He says, in the midst of this crisis, 
in the midst of this, let your joy that, you, that stems from the gospel, stems from your relationship with Christ, lead you to be gracious towards everyone. And he says this, why? Because the Lord is near. Your God is not distant. Our God is not distant from us. He's not absent-minded. He's, he's not absent from the global pandemic. He is here with us. So much so that he has experienced days of crisis just like we have. And so when Jesus came, what does it say? He existed in the form of God, but he didn't count that as something to be exploited. But instead, he stepped into the earth, into sickness, into disease, into heartbreak, and he walked with us in it. And so therefore, rejoice, because your God knows what you're going through. Rejoice and let that cause you to be gracious to other people, because he is near. But look what he says. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. She says, listen, don't worry. Don't worry about whether it's coming to your family. Don't worry about what is happening to you. Yes, take precautions, but don't live in fear. Don't live in anxiety. Don't live in worry. Why? Because the Lord is near, and He wants to hear from you. He wants you to turn to Him in the middle of this. And so He says, don't worry, but in everything, through prayer. It says, turn to God. But he says something specific about your prayer. Because he doesn't say, just turn to God and just blabber and then just like, like let that amp you up and get more worried because you're trying to pray to God about this other, other, all, all these issues. He says, he says, this should be the temperament of your prayer. Filled within your prayer, when you turn to God, he says, do it with thanksgiving. Turn to God and thank Him, one, that He is near And two, even for the present circumstance that's causing our hearts to turn to Him and want to pray to Him. So there's there's things about crises like this that cause us to turn to God and say, God, we need you. And God says, thank me for that. Because when that happens, look what happens. Look what He says next in verse 7. When you turn to God and you thank Him for your circumstance, even when it's a crisis, here's what it says. That transforms in your heart towards peace. Look what it says. And the peace of God, when you turn to God with thanksgiving and you put your worries before him, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. We don't know how it happens or why it happens, but that peace from God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so when you turn to God and you recognize He is near and you're thankful to Him for the ways that He has been good to us and the ways that He's working in the world now, then that turns the fear in your heart into peace supernaturally. We don't know how it works. And it doesn't all happen at once. But that is what God wants you to have in the middle of this crisis is peace. And so here's what He says. He says pray. And so specifically, I want to give you a couple things you can pray for above and beyond thanking God. One is praying for the coronavirus outbreak to be slow. They would slow down. That's the reason for all the cancellations. I said this at the beginning, but that's the reason for all the cancellations. It's not panic. It's prudence. It's, it's wisdom. And so, so if you have everyone doing, going about their normal routine, then you have the amount of people getting affected increasing at a rapid rate. But if you spread people out and you cancel stuff and you spread out the, the, the amount of infections over time, 
then that doesn't become a strain on our health care. And, and for you and for, for many of us, for me, like I'm, I don't have any pre-existing conditions. I'm 30 years old. I'm, I'm pretty healthy. And so if I got it, it would be like a cold most likely. But there are people that are more vulnerable to it, and specifically people who are like 65 and older or have pre-existing conditions, such as, such as kind of a heart, uh, blood pressure or heart issue or breathing issue, something like that. And for, those, for, for people in, those, in that category, the, the disease is, is highly problematic. And so if you have a bunch of people getting it at the same time, there's only so many ventilators we have in the United States. And if you have more people than you have ventilators who have the problem, then you're out of luck and you've got to decide who gets it. And so that's the reason for all the cancellations, which I didn't understand until really Friday or yesterday. Um, and so, and so, that, so that's one thing we want to pray for is we want to pray for the slowing of the spread of the virus. Second thing is this. Pray for a reduced outbreak in Tarrant County or in Fort Worth. Pray that God would spare our city from an outbreak. Or from a, from a, we've already gotten an outbreak here, but from a, a, a really high one. Also pray for quick relief for places where it has expanded rapidly. Reading about Italy right now... Um, Man, it's not great there. Like, like there's like reading New York Times or different things about uh, like the things that are happening in Italy. Basically, the entire country is shut down now. They or they tried to just shut down the north part of Italy where the outbreak was, um, but then they just went in and said everything is shut down. Restaurants are closed. Um, everything except essential services are closed, and we want you to stay in your house. And um, and it's 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 been crazy. So if you read stories um, from nurses or doctors over there, like trying to trying to work in the hospitals, they're like, it's, it's like wartime. Like, there are so many. We have, we're just pulling beds in the hallway for, for people who are needing medical attention. We just don't have space for it right now. And doctors, are, doctors and nurses are working around the clock. And, uh, and so pray for places that have been affected to be relieved of it quickly. Um, so we'll pray for that. But the last thing is this. We want to pray for those around us who are most vulnerable to it. And so some people are, uh, have, have reduced immune systems, um, so they're going to be more uh, inclined to get it, but then also have other issues that go along with it. And so, uh, so as, before we kind of move on to point two and point three, I've asked Adam to come up and pray specifically for this. And uh, so Adam's one of our elders, if you're not familiar. He's one of our elders, and he's going to pray for this for us. Do you want to use my mic, or do you want a different mic, Adam?
everlasting hope we have in you and your son, what he's done for us. God, we pray for our government. God, we lift up our president and our, our state government and our local government. And God, we pray for those people who are making decisions that will affect others. God, we pray you'd give them wisdom. God, we pray you would give them discernment as they make decisions. God, we pray that you would protect them as they make those decisions. That you would protect them from, from illness and from spreading that illness. And God, that, that they would make uh, best points of action for, for your people, um, for our nation, and for our, for our world, God. Pray you just give us wisdom as well, Lord, as we, as we, um, as we lead and as we um, are spending more time with our families. God, I pray that this time would be a, a sweet time. God, be with our mission team in Mexico as they are serving there. God, we pray for their protection as they travel back and forth, um, as, they, as they serve you there and serve the people around them. God, we, we do lift up those even who are serving on the mission field right now. Uh, who have some have been sent from this church, many from this country, and Lord, they are in the midst of different circumstances as well. And so we we lift them up, protect them as they as they seek to serve where they are or seek seek opportunities to return home. God, we pray for this time when we spend more time in Your Word. God, give Mason Your words, give us encouragement from it. God, I pray that it would. Um, sink deep into our hearts and transform our lives. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Adam. So next, I want you to see this one thing. Turn to Mark chapter 4. We saw this uh, last semester. With the truth, it's a truth that we can hold on to now because we are called to pray. But the second thing is this, I want you to know something the God that we're praying to. I want you to learn something about him because he says, I want you to pray and not panic because of this truth. In John chapter, I mean, Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35, Jesus and his disciples are on a boat, and a massive storm comes in that terrifies professional fishermen. And so it's a severe issue, and he's sleeping on the boat. He's not worried about it. And they wake him up, screaming at him, saying, what are you doing? Do you not care about us? And he says, why do you have such little faith? But then here's what he says in, verse, it says in verse 41. And it says, his disciples were terrified at this man who was with him. Why? And they asked one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And so the God that we're praying to that says, I want you to turn to me, and I want you to gain my peace in the middle of this crisis, is the same God who's able to come in here and stop a storm that is strong enough to scare professional fishermen. And so, He's able to look out and say, stop. And the wind and the seas become still. And He brought peace into that situation. And so, for you and me, we can learn from this because the same truth, the same thing that was true back then is that Jesus is all-powerful is true today, that Jesus is all-powerful. And so everything that's allowed to happen today, Jesus allows to happen. That's the truth. 
And so it's according to his good and perfect will. Like why, like why he allows things or if he allows things to happen, it's for good reason for his glory. We may not, we may not understand it. We may not understand it. But he is still in control because even the wind and the seas obey him. Therefore, he's the one we turn to. And the last thing I want you to see is this. Actually, we're going to transition to it. Look at, I'm going to read James to you. James chapter 4. And if you're new to us, I don't typically turn this much, but James chapter 4, verse 13 says, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such city and spend a year there or do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring for what your life will be. For you are like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. So it is a sin to know the good and yet not do it. He's reaffirming this truth that we know is that God is the one in control. He's counted our days. He knows our days. We don't know what tomorrow brings. Last Sunday, coronavirus was schmaronavirus to me, Okay. Come to Thursday, it's pretty severe. We got to shut down churches now. No idea. God knew this was coming. We didn't. He knows our days. He plans our steps. He's in control. We don't know what's happening. And so, therefore, we turn to Him and say, God, we relinquish control. We want to follow you. We want to trust you. And we turn to you and we need you to help. But then at the end of this, James says something interesting. Look at verse 17. He says, In the middle of this crisis, in the middle of wondering what's going to happen, he says, in your arrogance, you think these things. But then he says this, all such boasting is evil. So it is sin to know the good and yet not do it. It's a strange phrase that he throws on the end of James, but this kind of transitions us into the last thing because the last thing that truth that we need to know is that we are called to love. We're called to love. He says, it's a sin to know the good you need to do and not do it. This is the negative way of saying the, what Jesus said last week in Mark chapter 12 for us. Mark chapter 12, G, we learned this last week in which Jesus says, I want you to love me with everything in you, and based out of your love for me, I want you to move forward and love others as much as you love yourself. I want you to love others as much as you love yourself. So in the middle of a crisis, we are called to pray to God, we're called to know that God is in control. We're called to love others as much as we love ourselves. So therefore, we need to take action to protect others who are more vulnerable than us. That's why here at Normandale, we've taken several steps. We're going to continue to take several steps. And so we've made changes to the offering. We haven't done it already in the service. Typically, we've already done it in the service. We're not now. We're putting the baskets in the back just so we're not passing the same thing that everyone else is touching. We're taking steps like that. Another thing is putting hand sanitizer by the front door, although I was late with doing that this morning. That was my bad. We've canceled live groups for this morning and for this week. And we're still actively considering what we should do moving forward. So we don't know if we're going to have service next week. I hope we do. And we'll kind of figure out a game plan as we progress this week. But there are some things that you and I can do personally. Like outside of our church body, there's a couple of things you and I can do personally. One, one way to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, and one way 
to know the good you should do and then do it is to not buy more supplies than you need. So if you see that Sam's or Walmart has stocked up on toilet paper, don't go buy enough for the next six months. Why? Because other people around us also need that. Other people around us need beans or, or the canned goods or whatever it is. Like, other people need it. And so if you go and stock up on it thinking, you know, I'm going to protect my family, what you're doing is you're telling everyone else, I don't care about you. It's the opposite of what Jesus says here. What does it say? He didn't use his status as God as something to be exploited, but instead he took the form of a servant and came to us. And so, therefore, our call is to live like him and love others in the way that Jesus did. So, therefore, take what you need. Take what you need and trust God. Don't, don't hoard, because by doing that, you're telling everyone else you couldn't care less about them and their family. But their families are just as important as yours. So the second thing is this. Don't be cavalier. If you are sick, stay home. If your kids are sick, just keep them at home as opposed to going to, you know, Chuck E. Cheese or wherever. You're, you're probably not going to Chuck E. Cheese. Every kid's rubbed their face all over everything there. But just, you know, what, you know what I'm saying. Like, if, if, you're, if your kids are at home, if your kid's sick, don't take them to Chick-fil-A. The play place is probably closed. Also, I learned this yesterday. Side notes, nothing to do with anything. But, like, the steps they're taking. It's interesting now. We went to Chick-fil-A yesterday. You, they don't refill your cup anymore. They, like, I was trying to hand it back, and the girl was like, we don't take those back now. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. We get you a new cup. I'm like, all right, now I've got like 15 drinks on my table here. I don't know what to do with it. Like, uh, but that's just a side note. But yeah, so don't be cavalier. If someone in your family is sick, just don't put other people in a position of having to be around your sick family. Ultimately, the reason is because it's not about you. It's not about you. Like, yeah, you're stir crazy. I get it. Like, your family's driving you nuts. You got to get out of the house. You want to go to Sam's and walk around. You want to go to Walmart. You want to go any, literally anywhere else besides your house. I'm the same boat. I hate being home, except sometimes I like being, it doesn't matter. Like, I hate, like, like we all want to get out of the house all the time. But the point is, it's not about you. It's not about you. Because if you are cavalier, you are putting someone else at risk. And by doing that, you're saying, I don't care about you which is the opposite of what Jesus says here. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. So I'm end by saying this. This coronavirus, we can thank God, not for the actual virus, not that people are getting hurt by it, but we can thank God for the circumstance or for the crisis because it is an opportunity for you and me to show how our love for Jesus has affected our hearts in a way that we're able to love others just as he has loved us. Let me say that again. This coronavirus crisis is an opportunity for you and me to demonstrate the love of Christ to a lost and dying world. That's what it is. And so we can thank God for that. And then moving forward, we need to live that out. And so let's pray. So Father, we come before you. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for these truths that we know that you call us to turn to you, and you call us to know that you're in control, and you call us to, to love other people as you have loved us. Because we know that that's for our good, and that's for the good of our city, the good for the people who are vulnerable around us, or more vulnerable. 
And so I pray that you would bring that to mind this week as we're getting stir-crazy or as we're, we're getting frustrated or as we are just bored out of our mind because we don't have anything else on Netflix to watch. And God, I pray, God, for you to, 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 to remind us of these truths, that you're in control, that you are near to us, and if we turn to you with thanksgiving, you'll bring peace into our hearts. And so we do pray for you to limit the spread here. We pray for very limited outbreak here in Fort Worth. And especially, we pray for zero cases within our church body. But ultimately, we trust you in everything. And so we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.